this world's a war zone and your mind is the battleground. And I believe the only way I'm able to understand this is because I'm praying and asking God, help me. But it's the key. The key point is the th I see three tenses of the youth saved. Okay, was saved and being saved. Three tenses of salvation. Was saved and being saved will be saved. I'm going to break that up into, and this is, I'm getting this from uh, uh, Dr. Andy Woods. He's, you know, free grace. That's his, his doctrine. You know, so people are going to, you know, whatever. So that's that position, okay? And that's going to break up. Was saved past tense justified, justification. Okay, my certificate of debt is wiped clean. I believe that's in Colossians. And being saved. Sanctification means being set apart. Will be saved. Okay, this is how sozo, soteria, soteriology. Remember, that's how this word is used in the past, the present, and the future tense. Okay, so glorification is that will being saved. What are these things refer to? Sanctification, okay, I was talking to a deaf pastor, believe it or not. I asked him, how do you explain these terms to your congregation? This is it. This is this is justification. Okay, wiped clean is done. Your your slate, your debts, your 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 debt before God, your sin is wiped clean. Okay, sanctification set apart. You're set apart. Okay, right. Israel went through the Red Sea out of faith, justified. Okay, and I'm was it the, or the Passover lamb, you know, it's an act of faith. And then they received the Sinai covenant not to save them on Mount Sinai, but to set them apart, to make them distinct. Okay, why is Robert not think pornography is bad? He's being set apart because he says the, the world doesn't get it. The world thinks porn is fine. You can be married. It's not an issue. No, I'm like, no, God, this is bad. And I'm trying to, so I'm setting apart. So, I start living not like the world, but I'm set apart because I'm saved. Because, not to add that I'm saved or, oh, it's evidence of you saved. See how it's like in, you know, adding. It's not. It, so what Lordship Salvation does is it confuses justification and sanctification. Okay, it confuses the setting apart from the, the, the finished past action of what Jesus has done when I trusted him. Okay, like he did it, but I trusted him. It's applied to me. It's done. Okay, and glorification is when you receive a new body. So you can say justification is when the penalty of sin is removed. I'm not going to hell. Sanctification is when I is when I fight and overcome the power of sin in my life currently, and that's the big issue. Porn. Why do I feel powerless? You do have the power. Same power that rose Jesus from the grave lives in you, the Christian, man, woman, whatever you're dealing, whatever addiction, you have the power to overcome, and it's walking that out, and it's hard. And I have had so much doubt because it's like why? But now I'm seeing it because it's a lot of this is a process of learning God, learning who God is, and learning to just walk with Him and and worship Him. You know, like like talk to Him, be like wow, be thankful to Him. It's it's a whole relationship with God, but that's what brings freedom because it's the power of God. Anyway, and glorification is when this body is restored, renewed, uh, put a new, you know, put on immortality, uh, the new body, right? The new physical body. And that is when we are freed from the presence of sin. It's all gone. Um, and that's called glorification. So there's three tenses. And I, and I would submit to you that lordship salvation is going to combine justification and sanctification. And that's why. PLM, Pure Life Ministries, is going to operate the way that it does. It's why it's going to say things, um, and we'll go through that. They're going to they're going to hold to this justification, sanctification kind of intermingling. They don't make those clear distinctions because they're following after a lordship, salvation, soteriological position. That's what it is. And in the link below, I'll probably put a video there, but this is what one of these, I forgot who said it, but it was a lordship, salvation proponent, but he said, if there's any reserve in your obedience, you can be sure you're on your way to hell. So what he's, it's explaining that like, you can't really be sure. And I think John MacArthur in his book, Saved Without a Doubt, it's in the link, which I think is ironic, Saved Without a Doubt, says I'm like, or I wasn't, I know one of them, someone says I'm like, how sure are you saved? I'm like 98% sure I'm saved. It's like, okay, see, if you hold that position, you don't have an assurance. And they're saying, see, people who, the position I'm articulating, oh, they're sending people to hell, they're damning them to hell. And I'm like, 
Well, I kind of see it as, okay, the, when the devil robs of your security net, so to speak, this isn't, you never live a fruitful life. You're always critiquing your own works and all that. And he'll get into that. He has this great example of the Golden Gate Bridge being like, the workers' productivity increased when they knew they weren't going to fall to their death when they put a net there. I know I'm saved, and I work zealously for what God is. I work. I I get rid of. I'm like God. Who are you? I want the truth. And that's what I think Romans six is all about. You know, or Romans five. You know, should you continue to sin? You know, don't you know you're a slave to whom you will be when you submit yourself? Like that's what that whole chapter is about. It's not about self. You know, Paul doesn't dangle uh, hell over their head um, to you know. Oh, you need to just be living better. He's not dangling hell. It's it's like no, you you're not. Don't you're gonna lose rewards. You're gonna you're gonna um, you know, be, be disciplined by God. We'll get into that later. But like, it's not hell. You know, he's not because it's not man. It's not it's not workspace. But uh, just definitions. People people are gonna get on my case. I know they are. So specific to pure life ministries. And I said yeah, depending on your position here, you know, with salvation, it's gonna impact how you think and then behave. It's gonna impact that. So. Um, but I want to say this again. I see them as brothers saved by grace, saved, saved by saved by grace through faith, right? So they made a, I believe, a choice of their action. Okay, they made a choice. They have the human agency to do that. I'm not I'm not a hyper Calvinist, but they made it. Uh, they made a choice at some point through faith to trust in Jesus' death and resurrection. You know, and Jesus died for the whole world. It's available to anyone. It's applied when you trust Him. So that's what that is. Um, but I also see them holding what I would say is it's just an inaccurate Bible position. And if I am wrong about this, then I just wish they were more honest that there is at least a discussion about that, this topic, because when I was there, it's, this is not up for debate. You cannot think otherwise about this. This is what the Bible teaches. You know, and I met with the, the pastor in charge of me, he's like, you know, this is clear what the Bible teaches, you know, regarding repentance and this and that. And I was like, well, you know, am I story, am I finding myself a, a ear tickling? What is that? They'll find themselves teachers who, you know, let them do what they want. And that's kind of the accusation. See, they're free grace. But I'm like, wait a minute, you guys are, you're going back to the Reformation and siding with the Catholic Church, practically speaking, with with how you're articulating salvation. Because, you know, you got to, it's do, do, do versus God has done it all. So, I mean, that, that's the practice of what actually happens. So the first main thing that, that was there was that there's no carnal Christians allowed, which means there's no category within the saved camp when you hold this position of Lordship Salvation. You can't have carnal Christianity to the extent that I would articulate it. Like if you're, if I'm looking at porn for all those, all those years and I made that video and I'm like, what do we do? <laughs> Help. Oh, you're he's not saved. He can't be because if he really was, if he had really repented, Robert wouldn't be doing that. Okay. And I would, I would come back, come back and say, no, it's because I'm double. I'm, I'm only able, James, the book of James talks about double mindedness. You're only able to be double minded when you have the spirit of God that's regenerated, right, with the term regeneration, has made a new self, Colossians and Ephesians, the new self, which the battle between the spirit and the flesh, my spirit and God's spirit versus the flesh, okay? My spirit and God's spirit together, okay? Union, you know, uh, 1 Corinthians 6, 6, you know, to show your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are like one spirit with him. The one, you know, joining your body to the temple, joining your body with a with a prostitute. Why are you doing that? You know, you're, you're bringing God's spirit that you are one with. I mean, this is profound what God is doing. I mean, this is like, you know, spiritual stuff that's just like, wow, I, your five senses don't detect this, you know, but you have to learn, study the word of truth to understand this. So in, in practice, though, you're, you're treated as if you're not saved, because if you're going to Pure Life Ministries, you you have some sort of sexual sin, okay? And so in practice, you know, they're going to treat you as if you're not saved, because you wouldn't be, and they say that a lot, you're, you wouldn't be here unless, you know, unless you had been doing this right. 
they might not all believe it to this degree, but that that's the practical outworking of it. And they do hold to that at some level because, and I'll, and I'll talk about the verses, how they were used for me. Cause I was like, okay, I'm getting Christian counseling, biblical counseling. This is good, right? You know, this is what I want. But then I come to find out, okay, you're not even saved, Robert. You have sin in your life. And then I start realizing that, okay, because works, good works would be automatic. Okay. And this is really denial of my human agency in a relationship with God. We have agency. God isn't a puppeteer. You know, I don't, I don't believe and just become, you know, like, no, I do have a new self, but I have a choice to participate. And that's the key. That's why Paul says, therefore, chapter four of Ephesians or therefore, uh, I think it's in Galatians, and also he just uses it all over the place, therefore, therefore, therefore. Why? Because he talks about one chapters 1 through 3 of Ephesians, all that you have because of trust in Christ, faith alone, all that that's done, therefore, don't gratify the desires of the flesh. That's in Galatians. And I, I think I wrote some of these down. Uh, and walk worthy of your calling. You know, don't do, the, you know. And so when you, you look at the big picture of what Paul's talking about, or the big picture of what the New Testament is talking about, you see that people are t- taking these other verses out of context and building theologies out of them. And when in reality, there's, you know, 150 to two, I mean, up, this is what Andy Woods was saying, there's 150 to upwards of 200 verses that say faith alone. Philippian jailer, what must I do to be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I asked them that, and that was not the answer I got, you know, um, and I'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, so if you're going to PLM, you're in some sort of life-controlling or serious sexual sin. If Jesus were Lord of your life, you wouldn't need to go to PLM. You wouldn't be sinning or addicted the way you are. And then the presence or absence of habitual or practicing sin is an indicator of salvation. That's what Lordship Salvation is going to I'm going to, I'm going to disagree. No. Oh, the one who sins is of the devil. We'll get into that a little bit later. And this happened because one of the guys there on the staff did some really serious sexual sin or something and you know went to you know Pastor Steve, went to him and you know confessed it. He was just broken. And, and you know Pastor Steve gets up there and he's like, you know, I believe he's really saved because, you know, he's repentant. And he, he said something to this extent. I was like, this is the point. Like, when do you ever know if you're saved? And they don't know. That's the point. There is no eternal security. There's none of that. That's a, that is a false doctrine in their mind. This, this is a huge deal with trying to overcome your addiction and stuff like that. Because if I slip up, it's like, oh, shoot, I'm, I might go to hell if I don't work harder. Like, think about it. Like, if you are in, if you're addicted, you're like, okay, I'm practicing sin. I'm going back to hell. And it's like, no, people. That's the point. There's a totally different articulation of of these things. And I believe we're all saved, but we're we're you know we're nitpicking over this stuff, and I think rightly so because it has huge impl- implications, especially to addicts. <laughs> people are dealing with this. I'm no longer. When you are saved, you are no longer an addict. But God is going to re- renew you as He's been renewing me, healing wounds and stuff like that. So we'll get into that. But man, like this is this is a big. This has huge implications for how we walk out our life. So yeah, it's very, it became very subjective. It was like, yeah, I believe he's saved. Why? Oh, Cause he repented correctly. He was grieved. He had godly sorrow over his sin. You know, and they have like kind of a works of repentance before. And I'm like, no, he's saved by faith alone. You don't do a work of repentance. You don't experience, how do you only experience godly sorrow over sin when you have the Holy Spirit in you in the first place? It's not like, Oh, the only thing the Holy, and we'll get into this later, but the only thing the Holy Spirit does to the unbelieving world is convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Sin is singular, and that is the sin of unbelief. Okay, and I'll get you the verse. Maybe I'll put it down below, but um, we might go over that later. You know, sin because they do not believe in me, uh, righteousness because I go to be with my Father, and uh, judgment because the rule of this world has been cast out. Something to that extent. It's one sin. There's one thing that unbelief, one thing, the Holy Spirit's doing one thing, believe that Jesus really paid it all. That's what the Holy Spirit's going out there doing. Seeing our need, our innate need. You need Jesus. You And it says, it, I wrote this down. I know I wrote this down. 
It says in um, 2 Corinthians 5.20, Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ. God, making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Um, and because he, you know, he who made, and it says next, uh, you know, he made him who knew no sin to no sin, so that we might become the righteousness of God. This is key. I mean, God wants to reconcile us back to himself. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of all of this. Um, and, and because we can't do it on our own, so... But anyway, so we're going to talk about a lot of the verses that kind of get used out of con- context there. I, w- I would submit to you that they're getting used out of context. First John, you know, the one who sins of the devil, Ephesians, Galatians, Corinthians have these like, those who do, you know, sexual morality, this and that, will not inherit the kingdom of God. And there's actually different views that I want to want to talk about. How, and, you know, they're just saying, oh, see, it says it right there. You're not going to heaven. You're doing that. Like, okay, what is it saying in the big, okay, is, have, have we just made a works, you know, works-based salvation? No, because if you really had true faith, you wouldn't be doing it. And that's the argument. Uh, Luke, Lord, Lord, I never knew you. See, you never knew him. The one who knows God abides in him doesn't sin. You don't know him. Lord, Lord, you know, he, you know, and he says, depart from me. I never knew you. They told that to me. See, you're, you're a false teacher. They told me you're a, a hypocrite. You know, you're one of these people. You're going to go to hell because, you know, you look, it's what it says right there. Um, and I would submit to you that those things are being taken out of context. And I will submit used in a, in, in a bit of an abusive way too, by some, I would, I would, I submit that tenderly. Like I said, you know, God, I'm trying to do the best I can, but but I, I you know, I, I think that this isn't a fair usage of some of these things. So when these things are understood in context and in light of the bigger picture of Scripture, like the 150 verses that teach clearly faith alone, you know, John 3:16, for God so loved the world that uh, He sent His only Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Believes, you know, uh, the one who believes has passed past tense, um, you know, has eternal life and has passed from death to life. Okay, past tense, and then that's like a present perfect tense, meaning past action with with present ongoing results, so has, so that's an eternal security verse, but I think it was my mother who said, if you torture a Bible verse enough, you'll, you can get it to confess to anything, so, and I like this one, I think Andy Wood says it, and then Judas went and hung himself, you, you should too, go and do likewise, and what you do, do quickly, um, so there you go, there you have a, uh, a Bible verse advocating for suicide, so, no, that's not what the Bible teaches, um, you know, but it's, you know, it really can show you can take verses, twist things around. And, and you hear, you know, people are talking like, and then it says this, and it also says that here. And, you know, it's even when we're reading the the New Testament, it kind of seems like that's how the Holy Spirit does use things. But sometimes people just do that completely out of context. And you're like, oh, Lord, help me. Like, I don't, <laughs> help me understand what's true. And that was my prayer while I was there. I was like, God, I don't know what's true. And they told me kind of like, you know, just don't lean on your own understanding. I was like, fine, I won't. Jesus, I don't know anything. Help me. And this is what God, I believe God was showing me this. So I, I submit that to Pure Life Ministries. I submit that to anyone listening.